0: Slow down, flip us over, and celebrate. The Turn Turtles are here. Welcome to episode thirty-four of the Turn Turtles board gaming podcast. I am, as always, uh, with Matt Ormel, and I am Adam Muir. How are you doing there, Matt? I'm okay.
1: I will never not be here. That's why always,
0: always. always. That's right. Nice. You are a constant, like <laughs> um, bananas never being ripe, and the coefficient and of friction. Yes. Pie. That's that's not true, but okay. I'm a
1: constant like pie. Coefficient of friction of what? A banana? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever want to sound really smart, I just say coefficient of friction. You just and, and then I hope people don't expound on it. Right. Like, like I just
0: did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <that's all> right. <laughs> Just it's one of my smart words. Coefficient mm-hmm. or friction or a combo.
1: No, 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 like yeah, like the that phrase. Is your smart mm. phrase? Yeah, along okay. with a new one I learned the other week: potation. Potation. Yeah, that's to imbibe alcohol. Okay.
0: Yeah, super fun words. Do you know what the word? trait
1: means yes i do it's my, one of Th-
0: my favorite words
1: actually thanks to calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> oh really yeah that's just to leave out the window right i think it's a, like to throw out a window like oh okay but yeah because in calvin and Hobbes, during i think it's one of the poems that watterson wrote He he says, to demonstrate defenestration and run and run and run and run away.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. I don't remember that one. So good. I still have that big orange Calvin and Hobbes box right up there, actually, with the whole collection.
1: Got a whole bunch upstairs, but I've always been jealous of your super cool collection.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: Alrighty. well, Well, what are we talking about this week, Mr. Matt? This week... We have decided to delve into what our dream game might look like, and this is probably the topic that I am least prepared for out of all of them, because I just don't know. So, we'll see. I right. I can't see what's on the table, but we'll it's, find out. The table is covered with
0: a, a mysterious fog. <laughs> And we're going to we reach into that fog and see what our hands grasp.
1: <laughs> there's definitely an email on the table. There's an email a on the table. Listener email. And a box of unlocked games. There's there's a, at least two boxes, I
0: think, of unlocked <laughs> yeah, games, based on the prob- list that I'm scrolling through almost. Probably almost four. Wow. Do you want to uh, start up with all of the things that you've been doing? Because it's a yeah, lot. Yeah, sure. Sounds good.
1: All right. Since we last recorded, I have had strep throat. I have... My whole family had some sort of 24-hour stomach bug. hmm And I... Since last week, since then, I have had a sore throat. But I went to the doctor today, and it's not strep throat. So, who knows? I'm just living the dream. So, because of all of that, I have not done a lot of board gaming, but Hannah and I have done a lot of those unlock games that we have been talking about. So, since we recorded last, we have done In the Clutches of Hades, The Tonopol's Treasure, The Nautilus Trap, The House on the Hill, The Island of Dr. Gorse, Squeakin' Sausage, and Professor No Side's Animal O <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was curious to see if gorse was a typo cuz I was secretly hoping it was going to be the island of Dr Goose. Oh, well
1: the, the font that they use on the like the front of the box is was very hard to parse what it actually was and we had to google what the name of it actually was and it was gorse. Oh, uh, okay. But I we have a current ranking of all of them that Hannah and I have discussed and ranked. We have one left to do, one unlocked game that we have left. So okay. I'll leave the ranking till next time when we've done them all. Are you going to keep these? Well, I think we're going to pass them around if people want to play them. Oh, right. And okay. So if Adam, if you want to borrow one, I'll, I'll let you borrow one, and play it, and then give it back, and then I'll give it to somebody else. That kind of thing. I want to borrow what ends up being your number one okay i we have a pretty solid number one. Oh yeah yeah so you want to spoil it or do you want to wait no nah, we'll wait okay i think it, it the next one that we do will have to be phenomenal to beat that number one wow but there have been a lot of really cool things that we've done in these that i didn't really expect to do anything from like you you need to download a phone app to run the timer and it'll give you hints if you're really stuck at certain places and that kind of thing. But you actually need to use your phone at some parts of it to do different things, which is really fun and makes you feel really clever. When oh, you, yeah. You go, oh, maybe we just have to do this, and then it works, and it it's just really cool. And, yeah, there's a, there's obviously a bunch of adding and... Figuring out what cards, card numbers to pull, that kind of thing. But we have been pleasantly surprised with all of them, I think, except for two. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that purchase. It's actually interesting
0: to hear you say that because that, like, I'm not sure what to call it, like, psychological dynamic of, um, you know, giving people the smart feels and like the the sort of super the super special feels is something very common to video games, right? Like a lot of th- those are made to make you feel smart for figuring something out. Oh yeah, and normal board games don't really lend themselves to that because there's no help. Like it's it's just you and and the rules, right? Right. So yeah, that's an interesting sort of thing that i hadn't really thought about before
1: i would say if if a board game runs you up into a clever problem and then you figure out a solution whether like these unlock games there's only one solution that's going to work or maybe a game like innovation where you find a couple cards that work really well together somebody obviously thought about that and play tested it and you're not the first one to come up with that solution. But then when you do and nobody's helped you out figuring it out, it just feels really cool. Yeah. Oh, it
0: totally exists. It's just like, it's not a prepared event. Like, like a lot of like specific video game puzzles and things are like crafted for a very specific at a, at a specific moment. To give you a very specific feeling. Oh, and yeah. Like-
1: I would say these unlock games are. That's like yeah. they're, they're an escape room. Someone designed them in a very specific way so that hopefully you do figure it out. Although we've run into a few problems and then you look up the hint and the hint doesn't really help. So we had to Google one or two things. And then Hannah and I look at each other and go, really? That's that was the solution to that we never would have gotten it
0: <laughs> oh, but okay. for the
1: most most part they've been pretty good nice there's one that requires two people so while most of these you could do yourself there uh actually the island of dr gorse is the one that you need two people and i would argue that it's best of four but oh yeah for the most part there you can do them all by yourself hmm um Uh, the next thing i in between all of my diseases when i was feeling fine for two days (laughs) i did did get a a game night out with nick heather mike ainsley and justin and we played two uh two three rounds of codenames which is a pretty staple party game by now i think everybody knows what codenames is Mm -hmm. but the other thing that we did we played chronology which is just, it's a small box of cards and the one side is I think yellow and the other side is blue. So you pick a color that you're going to, you're going to do and you do that color the whole time. And on each card is a year that something happened and a a fact that happened in that year. So Everybody will get uh, one card in front of them. And the goal is to get, I think it was nine cards. Whoever gets nine cards in front of them first wins. So we'll say that the first card, Adam, you draw and put in front of you is uh, Pompeii was destroyed by the volcano in 79 AD. And then on your next turn, I'll draw a card. And let's say that card says the year Wingspan was released. And then you have to decide whether that happened before or after seventy nine A D. Hmm. What would you say? Uh, like this is obviously Wingspan, the game. Yes, like the board. Yeah, game. after. Yeah, after. Right. I'm pretty sure. In twenty nineteen, it was released. So then <laughs> you you got it right. You said after. So then yes. that card would that card would go in front of you in the in chronological order. And then the next. One you might get, Babe Ruth was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, you have to decide whether that was before Pompeii, after it, and before Wingspan, or after Wingspan.
0: Um, In between Pompeii and Wingspan. Nice. Do you have any idea what year that was? Uh, I would... This is probably going to be totally wrong. I would probably guess like... When was that? Like, I would probably guess sixty or nineteen
1: thirty-six. Oh, so bad. <laughs> yeah, you you got that one random fact wrong, but you you did it right. So you you said it went in between the other two, so you'd get that card in front of you, and you right. go around and around and until someone gets nine cards. But it gets a lot trickier because near the end, there's like there's a lot of pop culture references. So yeah. Like, the the Pompeii one wasn't actually one. I think I had, like, a a Viking one in 749 or something. But then, like, I have a few more written down if you want to do a few more. Yeah, do it. I like this. Okay. So, you have three years now. You have 79 AD, 1936, and 2019. So, the first state to grant women the right to vote was Wyoming in, and then you have to – when was that – I don't have the foggiest idea. Um And that's that's pretty much the whole game. So then yeah. you're like, oh man. Well I kind of generally know what millennium I mean, it was in. <laughs> it must I would guess before Babe Ruth, I guess. Yeah, and you're then, right. Yeah. So it was 1869. Okay. And then then you have to then World War One ends. When did World War One end? Uh that was um 30 Oh boy. 30, You're getting your wars mixed up.
0: World War 1 and Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Okay. Uh like 19 18
1: very close. Nineteen nineteen. So then you would okay. you would have gotten that right. And then the last one I have was the last date to grant women the right to vote.
0: Uh the last date. <laughs> um maybe this is a date? Yeah. Yeah, which, a year. Which state is oh the date of the last date. Yeah. Um I don't I didn't write down which state it was, but uh eighteen ninety-five. This is a total
1: <laughs> You got that one wrong. That was also 1919. Oh, really? Yeah. So then if it's the same year, then I believe it doesn't matter if you say before or after. So then if you had said it's after the World War One or before, I think both are fine. They don't go down okay. to the month or anything. But that that was a lot of fun. It's a very quick game, and you all laugh and go, "Oh, I didn't know that, but then somet- every once in a while you go, "Oh, I know yours. I know that one so well right, so it was pretty fun. I think they said that there was another game called Timeline that had more like ancient history like big momentous events as opposed to more pop culture of the yeah. late eighteen hundreds to 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 today, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I I had a good time with that one. Something like that could be a segment.
0: Yeah. Like it'd be quite fun actually. Yeah. I like that. Cool.
1: Yeah. So the the other few things that have happened aren't like I didn't play any more board games, but I was I go into Value Village and a few thrift stores every once in a while because they've got a board game shelf. And I saw someone had just donated, it was in one of the bins, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. Right, you sent the picture but, of this, yeah. Yeah, and Mija talked about that a while ago and said that it was a fun deck building cooperative game. And Hannah enjoys the Harry Potter universe and I like deck builders. I don't love Harry Potter, but I'd play it just to try it out, especially like Value Village would probably sell it for 15 bucks or whatever. It's probably yep. a good deal. But I haven't seen it go on the shelves yet, so someone must have snapped it up. But what I did find, and I was so excited when I went in, that Root was on the shelf. Right. (laughs) So Root for 15 bucks. And I almost just like giddily walked out of the store and bought it. And then I thought, well, let me check. So I opened the box and it had all the meeples and cards, but none of the player boards or the map. It also had Exiles and Partisans deck, so that extra deck that you can get yep. that people say is way better. And it had the Meeple's for the Riverfolk expansion and the Underworld expansion. So it nice. had the moles, it had the lizards. Yeah. So I decided to buy it anyway. And you I could really probably just hope buy those
0: from the uh, like on, on the, their own marketplace or something. I'm sure they sell replacement parts.
1: Yeah, probably. So I, what I was thinking is I could just print print the player boards and laminate them. That's one thing I could do. Mm. But I'm hoping that whoever donated that also donated another box with all the maps and player boards in it. So I went back today to see and it wasn't there was nothing on the shelf. So I'll have to go tomorrow and see if they they actually yeah. have that. It just hasn't been processed yet. They probably donated the game because they were missing stuff, if I had to bet. You think so? Like all the player boards and the maps? It just seems I like... I th- Don't you store all your maps and player boards in a different box? Or no? No. They all mm-hmm. go together. I think Meej does. But he brings two boxes around with him. But he also has a, a storage solution, right? Like foam core. Yeah, boxes I have an expansion,
0: like, and they're separated into their respective boxes right but by default the player boards are in the main box yeah
1: it's a really funny timing for that too because like a week and a half ago i found a pretty good deal on root and the clockwork expansion in hamilton so i paid the guy and i got jame to go and pick it up so jame is holding on to root for me and i found this this root at Valley village (laughs) so now i have too much root the last thing (laughs) the last thing i want to mention is if you have a dollarama near you then downforce is great for five bucks i found ishtari also for five dollars and there's rumors that steam park is also in some i haven't seen it at my local dollarama but that steam park is a game i own and i bought before so if you can find that one you should pick it up for five dollars for sure
0: Mm -hmm. that is some good advice um, Steve. I have far less to talk about than you <laughs> uh, because when you're sick, I don't tend to play board games almost at all, uh, and that is what happened this time. Um, the only thing super relevant that you didn't talk about is that we did have another D and D session. Oh yeah, and uh, that went swell, despite there being no combat. Um, and then planning on my end has.
1: Ongoing and fun for me to do. <laughs> I never mind no combat though. Like Yeah, it was fun. I think I think I like the role playing and the combat pretty evenly. So I, I had, never mind.
0: Yeah, there was potential for you guys to reach a pretty uh unique combat encounter. Tiny spoiler for you. Uh, it <laughs> um but yeah, I was potentially excited for that to happen. <laughs> um, but it I've could been busy. Still happen. Just make oh, it happen. And it, it probably will still. It just didn't happen that that time. So oh, okay. Yep. Um, I've had some uh, mini orders to do on the side. I've had some local folks around our area um, buying some small quantities of minis for their games. So that's been fun to see uh, minis that. I don't see otherwise come across my plate and to make for them. Oh, I have one guy 3D, who's uh, yeah.
1: 3D printing. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. Did you all know I had one? I'm sure mention I mentioned this. I think I did, but I'm not sure if the listeners knew. Yeah. I think I've mentioned that I have a little store oh. and stuff, but now we have one um, new listener now that just jumped on this episode. <laughs> yeah. True. Philip. Um,
0: It's, uh Yeah, so this this so I was, this guy that I'm doing stuff for right now, he's playing with a 28 millimeter scale, which is sm- like the the smaller version of what we're doing. Okay. And um, he ordered two of these duelist sword fighting guys, and at 28 millimeters, the swords are like so incredibly fragile and difficult <laughs> to handle it's like it's honestly like a thread like it's so oh, yeah. so tiny and it's very very stressful to like break off the molds and like oh yeah so carefully try to make sure nothing i one of them i had to do twice uh but it uses up so little resin at that size it doesn't matter but uh well maybe that's good to tidbit. have
1: because meege has an or shrink spell doesn't he <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> so maybe i should have keep some that mini versions of himself prepped yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, which reminds me that i need yeah. to get i i've made a mini i just have to pay for it from what's that website i always forget hero forge hero forge so I, I designed my own mini i just have to pay for it and get the whatever schematics over to you so you can print it and then i yeah. can paint it
0: I've had a, a pretty nifty dragon for you in the meantime, but yeah, um, yeah, not much else. I was gonna mention that I'm like finishing up Way of Kings, uh, by Brandon Sanderson, and that book is a behemoth and super, super good. Oh yeah, um, it might be one to talk about on a different show someday, but um, cool.
1: that I have been told not it. to start that series. By who? Because it's because it's not done yet. Mark and James. They're both so frustrated that it's not that series isn't done. Oh. I'm not sure I how many actually, books there are, but like there's quite a few, I think. Yeah, like and they're
0: huge books. So unless yeah. you're a super fast reader, I mean I don't really care. I think there's three
1: right now. Oh yeah. Well, what I do is get the audiobook from the library. So, oh, okay. like, in the last week, I've read uh, The Magician's Nephew, Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, and Prince Caspian. And I've oh, also yeah. started Eye of the World by Robert Jordan. I have that one. It's on my to-listen list. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's, it has so many different characters and things that I, while I'm working, I listen, and I can't really grapple with who is yeah. who? But there's a Matt in it, so he's probably pretty cool. That's actually so I I very briefly started
0: that one and I was like mentally busy in that time frame and I'm like, no, this isn't the book for right now. And I stopped. Right. Um so it's on the docket for a different kind of I don't know, work or something, but mm-hmm. yep. That'll be for our book club. Book club. <laughs> Um, so with all that out of the way, do we want to do email or do we want to go into dream game shenanigans?
1: Hey, you're driving this table. You pick.
0: Yeah. And my driving involves getting your opinion. So oh, I'm navigating. Deal with it. You're
1: the, I'm, you're, I'm, yeah, navigator. I'm navigating the table. I was like doing emails last. Okay. Ending on a high note. Okay. Uh, so... Matt had this idea
0: to talk about some. (laughs) Did uh, I? So your, your initial idea was that I should talk about some games that I would like to see. And then you were going to tell me uh, games that might exist in uh, real life.
1: Oh yeah. So I think this would be really, that would be really fun thing. And it kind of spawned off an idea that uh, someone at church had that, people should send in games that they like, and then we can recommend other games that right. they, they would probably also like. Right. Yep. Um. So then your suggestion,
0: uh, I kind of, I guess, added onto it where uh, maybe to just more generically talk about some scenarios or games or mechanics or ideas that you don't think exist, then just you would like to see. So, We can still do your original idea, if you like. I can talk about – I have
1: three things here on Sticky Notes. Okay. Um, See, because we we very rarely talk, like really nail down what we're going to do. We throw like a a two-sentence idea out there and we go, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So my interpretation is wildly different from (laughs) your interpretation. (laughs) Because I thought we were going to come up with like, with like mechanics and theme and whatever of a hypothetical dream game. Oh, okay. So so that's what I did.
0: I mean, isn't that the same thing? Like I have a bunch of like ideas here of kind of games that I would like to exist. And actually a lot of these are things I've like thought about and like, I've like almost rough designed in, in some ways. I was a tiny bit skeptical to even talk about them because but
1: we should have some sort of design night where you come over and we just work on games whether we work on the games together or just at the same table right that would be fun and then we Mm -hmm. can bounce ideas off of each other the only problem is same same with having a podcast about board games i love playing the board games So then if we take more time out to do more board game related things, I'm not playing as many board games. Right. But anyways.
0: Yes, it's a vicious cycle of a problem. (laughs) Okay, so if you like, I can go first. Sure. I am not going to be able to suggest games for yours because I don't have the library that you do. So this is going to be a one-way deal,
1: at least for the suggestions. Well, yeah, and... I'm probably like middle of the road board gamer. I know a lot of board games, but I don't certainly don't know them all. So we'll just have fun with it and see what we can do.
0: Okay. So my first is by far the most detailed, and even that is uh, rough. So it's going to get worse as we go. Perfect. (laughs) Buckle up for (laughs) declining quality here as we. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so the first one We've and, already peaked. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well just stop listening. Um so the first one is I've always wanted a game that is like like similar to us to a scythe and to a root. Um, but the the scale and the scope is far more grand. And anyone who knows me is gonna realize that a lot of this comes from like my um appreciation for, like, large 4 or 5X, 4X, whatever they're called, games, like, uh, Paradox stuff. Oh, um, yeah. but I've also, like, a, a game where I think a lot of the, um, you, I, I guess I imagine it with maybe, like, a bit of a player board, where you have, like, your either your kingdom or your castle or some kind of, like, uh, domain of yourself. Um, and through, um, some kind of worker placement um, resource collection thing there's a mixture of like um, going out into the world where there's like a like a normal like no man's land and everyone's fighting for the same resources and um, there is kind of like how Scythe has uh, events out in the world uh, through the event cards but cards that have a little more meat and meaning to them uh, things that have to be reckoned with so there's like an RPG element to it and right. um, But like the point of the sort of the main part of the the game where you're going out is, um, I don't know how you do it, but some kind of fog of war system where like you need surveillance to know what's going on and you need to invest in um, surveilling the world. Um, And this is where it gets maybe almost too crazy, but. Another thing you could invest in is like a whole spy type network. So you can kind of choose what kind of kingdom you're going to be. And this is where it gets cheesy. So your (laughs) kingdom, like your player board is broken out into uh, like grids. And what you decide to how to build your player board is up to you. Um, But if someone goes down the surveilling route, it works like like a battleship game where you can use like a surveillance kind of mechanic to gain information about a tactic or or a piece of information from your player board within like a grid okay so you have some chances of like um designing your your player board in such a way where maybe it's smartly arranged and things are hard to 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 understand what you're doing Um, but then someone else can like you know a5 or whatever it is. And then like that <laughs> square, whatever's on your player board is something that they will have access to to see. Um, but then like y- yeah, you can invest in either armies to um um secure pieces of resources out in the world, or you can invest in your own player board infrastructure, um, like a bunch of different sort of routes that you can go down to have a more like grand scoped um um I want to say Europe. I'm getting the words mixed up. um, Area control? No. Like worker placement. um, What are those games called? Like that style of... Is it... Not Europe. Like a Euro game. Euro. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm just (laughs) too many things. Like a more grand, like, yeah. Schemed Euro type thing, I guess. Uh,
1: Do I have anything else on here? Not really. When you first started talking, I was thinking he's describing like Twilight Imperium or Eclipse, which are both games that I have, I have, but I just have, we haven't played. I mean, right. Twilight Imperium is like a, an eight hour game or whatever. And Eclipse is only like three to four, maybe at the long okay. end but they're both space games. So then you're describing a much more down to earth <laughs> game.
0: Yeah, I mean you, like some of those mechanics you could do in either in either environment like yeah, I'm talking castles sure. and stuff, but I mean that's just yeah, that's that's my personal preference.
1: But um yeah, you want to play a, Eclipse with a side game of Battleship. <laughs> Yeah, I like. Yeah, I have no idea if that game the battleship exists.
0: thing was just my idea of like how to do like a like reconnaissance right. spying network kind of a thing. Um, how I'm to do like a fog idea. of
1: war would be such a tricky thing to be able to do. Yeah, unless you're like your units that you play out on the board are a small card. And then you you put them upside down, but you can also have decoy cards that have nothing on them. Maybe, right? But that would that would cause a messy map to have all kinds of cards out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I have no good ideas as far as the fog of war part. I just like the idea of like, like yeah. Like part of, part of this is just dream game, right? So like, I want a yep. game that's able to do. Fog of war. So, like, if you haven't invested in seeing what's, you know, in this collection of hills, then you just don't know what's going on in that collection of hills. And there could be, who knows what's going on over there. Right. Um, But then part of the fun is that, like, as soon as you maybe invest in checking out something, like, oh, my word, there's something going on here. And, like, you know, there's something to react to because maybe someone has, you know, built something or there's uh, some collection of evil whatever that has settled in somewhere so like it's very dynamic and I don't know how any of this would ever get
1: pulled off but um, yeah it very much sounds like you want a video game on your table <laughs> like all the things that like Civ 6 and humankind yeah kind of do well yeah, yeah. maybe I mean there there is a Civ game there's civilization yep. the board game Yeah, I actually haven't played it, I don't think. I've played it once or twice. I like Civ a great deal. Yeah. It has a cool tech tree system, and yeah. Yeah, I don't know. More
0: realistically, probably, like, a game would have to have just one little element of all of this and, like, make that look really cool, like some kind of either spying game or some kind of, I don't know. Right. It'd almost be, like, almost for sure way too cumbersome to try to do everything.
1: But that's not the dream, but Adam. The that's dream not the everything. dream. That's not the point of this. <laughs> uh, do you want to go, or do you want me to keep going with a different one? Um, well, mine is pretty much just like one one thing. So okay, w- whatever you like. Uh, go for it. Okay. So I recently, for the board game Barrage Discord, they had all their... People send in top 20 games. So I kind of made a top 20 list right now of games that I really like. And so I had already done that. So I decided to go through that list and pull out the elements of each game that I really like and then Mm -hmm. see what comes up quite a bit. And then condense that down to a dream game. So, I think the mechanics that come out most are engine building, deck building, asymmetric powers, story-driven or role-play opportunities, and negotiation. Okay. So, I would love a deck-building game that helps that you build an engine, which is, I mean, not that hard to do. Even Dominion has an engine that you're building within the deck, I guess.
0: Okay.
1: Asymmetric powers. I love to be able to, in a game, create something. But like, I, Hansa Teutonica doesn't do it super well, but I still like that game. But in... Oh, man, let's see. Looking at my list. Like, Gizmos. Have you played mm. Gizmos? Yep. So So in that game, you're spending marbles to create an engine which gets better and better and better as you go along so that at the beginning of the game you're like playing one engine or you're drawing one marble but by the end of the game you're like throwing marbles here and grabbing marbles there and chucking cards all over and you're doing so much more you're much more powerful same with like terraforming Mars and I love to be able to build up just Just like I I love exactly i love (laughs) everdell (laughs) but i'd love to do i i don't know i like feeling clever as well so i want to be able to do that in a way that other people aren't so like i guess evergreen is uh, the type of game that you're both playing the same puzzle and you should be playing the same way because that's there. there is a way to do well in that game. And I've tried several times to do something different, but then I, I lose every time because I'm not playing the one way, I guess. And I'd love for a game to be able to allow many paths to victory while only having one lane. I, I don't know, is that weird? like think of a freeway you could be in any of the different lanes but you're all still heading the same direction i don't know
0: Maybe i mean that's, that's how weird. chess works really like it doesn't seem like it but there's very very different ways of playing i'm i'm uh, going to
1: say this once adam Chess is not my dream game. <laughs> <laughs> or is but it? I, I totally totally see what you mean, though, because like each of the different pieces and the permutations of the way that you can play the game is almost infinite. Like, y- you can do so many different things, which is actually super cool, but yeah, I don't love chess. Um, I also love story-driven games, so like Near and Far, Gloomhaven... Mm-hmm. Uh, King's Dilemma, yep, would be amazing. My favorite themes are space and like a, a World War Two or one. I. I love those. And if the game could wrap up in two hours and be fifty bucks, so is that such a hard thing to do? Um, now yes. if I look at all those things together, I would say Undaunted is my ideal game. Right. It doesn't have a whole lot of engine building, but it's got deck building. I guess the asymmetry isn't isn't there. I mean, it is asymmetrical, but not not in a a crazy way that I would love to have. Mm-hmm. What game has asymmetry? That well, I mean, Root. Root is like the pinnacle of asymmetry, which I love. I love that they're crazy. And same with oh, now I'm gonna. Forget it. It's by the same designers. A symmetrical board game. Am I going to find it if I just quick Google it? Who knows? Spirit Island does a really good job. I don't know. I'm not going to find it. It's about uh, a cave. One person can actually play the cave. Another person plays a dragon. Another person plays the... Like the knight, there's a thief, and there's some you can play some goblins. My brother had it. I don't I'll never remember what it is. Vast. Yes! Vast the oh, Crystal okay. Caverns. That's what it was. But that was that came out before Root. And then there's also a vast haunted mansion that apparently was better. But they were both like so cool in their asymmetry. But even with Root, like everybody's playing a different game. Yeah. But I want every, I want to be like a Hanson Teutonic where everybody's goals are the same, but how you get there can be different. I don't know. And mm-hmm. negotiation is so much fun. I love that.
0: What do you mean by negotiation? That sounds like something I wouldn't like, like, I don't know, bartering or something. That's
1: exactly what I mean. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I don't think I ever like bartering. Oh, yeah? So like the bean game. I'll give you two wax beans for your blue bean. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, I'm not a fan. There was there's a new game that came that has come out. I forget what it is. Uh something about a zoo zoo Vladis. Zoo Valdis, something like that. But in that game, everybody has a unique player power, but you're not allowed to use it. You can mm-hmm. only offer it to other people for them to use it. So the negotiation in the game, you have a very unique thing, but if somebody else really wants to use that unique power they've got to like negotiate with you to pay money or or use the power that they have that kind of thing yeah it seems so interesting that what you have control over you're not allowed to do yourself it sounds super fun yeah
0: i think the reason i don't always like it in something like the bean game is because it's ultimately up to the person to like favor somebody else or not like they don't even have to take the best thing that um, is true. I, I don't mind the system when it's like a lottery and it's not a person choosing, but it's just whoever decided to spend the most and decided it was worth some, maybe something crazy. Um I forget. I've played games that do that and I forget what they are. Um I don't mind that so much. And it's just whoever like if someone decides decides to spend a ridiculous amount on something based right. on something that maybe flips over or whatever, then that's Lancaster has that.
1: Where you could vote on the laws that come in,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, like the the bean game, like and and I and I've done it in the bean game. I remember playing it earlier on, in early days, where I gave someone a way too good of a deal in my noobness. <laughs> and yeah, those things can affect the game pretty dramatically. And it's just whoever maybe made a dumb mistake or made a bad decision or. You know, yeah. like a girl at the, the nice table part or about, something.
1: The nice part about Bonanza is that the games are not long. Right. Yeah, that's true. So what is it, like half hour and then you're done? So yeah. the dumb mistake you made, you could just leave it in the past, Adam. It's long gone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Um, My other one is super not thought out. And it's like just a nugget of an idea. Um. Gross. But I'm not aware of any board games that that somehow you could play in like real – like over real time. So there's – I want a board game that somehow – you know, EVE Online where like the longer you spend doing something in real life, it like so, – so my inspiration for this was like it would be cool to have like an office game or like a game that maybe you have set up at home permanently or something. And then, like over maybe a day, like something slowly evolves or changes, or like some kind of tactic evolves. I'm like, yeah, like I said, this is really not thought at all, but right. maybe when someone walks into a room, you know, there's a thing out, and they're prompted to like, you know, turn over a car to move a thing, and that's it. And then over the course of like real time like people in an office doing it together or your family doing it together something just happens slowly and then somehow the game incorporates real time and things happen slowly and then it's like, like almost like a decoration piece that like um oh, yeah. you also play
1: you um, could do that if you just made everybody wait three hours before taking their turn on any board game Yeah, and I.
0: I, But this is where I don't want it to be like you have to wait for somebody. Like, it's just something is evolving, and then, like, you can choose to react to it. Um,
1: Oh, so you could, like, place everybody can just place workers. And then, like, there are a few real time games that use sand timers, which, I mean, their sand timers are like one minute or 30 seconds but you could have massive sand timers that like are your workers and you place it down. And then if you walk in the room and your sand timer is empty, you have harvested a resource, but maybe that takes four hours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much more than that, but okay. You got my creative juices flowing.
0: Yeah, it was more like something about the idea I liked and I thought there could be something there that's mm-hmm. uh not like really not existent at all as far as I know. But um is that it for you?
1: Yep. Yeah, I don't have anything else. Okay.
0: That's fine. We're coming up yep. on the forty five minute mark here, so we can go ahead and talk about another email we got. <gasps> This email, once again, Mr. Conrad. Hi, Conrad. Uh, He sent us a very long email, which was uh, much appreciated. Um, Do you want to run through this, or do you want me to run through it?
1: Uh, I don't mind reading it, and then we'll kind of stop and talk about it as we go through, I think. Yep, go for for it. So, it looks like you've taken some of the email out, so this isn't even all of it. Conrad Uh, says, multiple questions and or thoughts. I know you guys have a love for Dominion and deck building. Guilty. And it's one of the games that got me into the hobby, gaming hobby as well long ago. Do you guys feel you play it out of nostalgia mostly or because it's your favorite way of playing deck builders? I like Dominion now, but I always feel like I need more to it games like clank dune imperium etc that mix card buying pools like dominion with extra things to make it just pop for me it's likely one of the reasons why i'm looking forward to a kickstarter coming soon called castlescape that has a dominion style pool mixed with mixed in with building area of control walls check it out so i feel like this is aimed at me because we have most of Dominion. We're still we're missing one. We're missing Plunder now, because they released a new one. I we love Dominion just for its simplicity. Like we love to Hannah, it's probably Hannah's favorite game, I would say. Mm-hmm. So if we have 40 minutes and we want to play a game, then Dominion is one that's really easy to pull out. We we know all the rules, there's nothing confusing, it's just very simple. Yep. Um, Other deck builders that I currently have are Undaunted Normandy, and I love the whole war game aspect to that one. Really cool. I keep bringing it up in a deck building discussion, but Great Western Trail, there's deck building aspect, but I would say deck building is added on to it, so I'm not going to include it. But the one that... If I want deck building plus, I'll pull out Quest for Eldorado. Which is a deck builder, but a racing game. So you'll, it's a very modular board and you'll have, what are they? Hexagons or pentagons? I think they're hexagons. I think they're hexagons. You attach them together. So you have like uh five or six hexagons and each hexagon is subdivided into like 30 little hexagons with different colors in the hexagons depicting the different terrain type that you have to move through right so whether it's a green machete depicting you're going through a forest or a blue paddle depicting you're sailing or a coin depicting a desert a town I don't I'm not sure what the coins mean but as you have more symbols on in each hex, it's harder to get through there. You need cards in your hand to have more symbols on them. So then you're trying to race to the very end using the card. So if I play a one machete card, I can move my guy to a one machete space. But you can also use your cards to buy new cards that have more powerful symbols like two machetes or six machetes or a water a, a coin and a machete so you can pick one of the three whenever you need it and right. you cycle through your deck that way and i would there's a new version of that coming out with or is it out already and it's got an expansion so i have quest for eldorado i really enjoy it i have an expansion for it but it's not really compatible with the new edition which is too bad but if if I want to play a deck builder and it I I want it more a little more complicated than Dominion I love Quest for Eldorado it's yeah certainly my I don't want to call it my favorite because I think Dominion is my favorite deck builder but if I want to go outside of that then Eldorado is my go to yeah
0: I there's not too many that I'm actually thinking of when I um. I'm not sure why it tends to not be in like my favorite sort of games, despite the fact that I like the idea and I like uh, Dominion a lot. Right. Um, Fort's really good. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot about Fort. Have you ever played Lost Ruins? That's the other one that I've had my eye on for a while, but I've never played or picked Ooh, up. Of Arnak? But, yeah.
1: Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, that looks like a fun game. But then I talk to other people and they're like, it's okay. Oh, okay. So then I I steer away from it. If I see a good deal on it, I'll get it for sure. But it certainly looks cool. Yeah,
0: I've heard pretty good things. But yeah, um, yeah, I certainly don't play Dominion out of nostalgia because it had nothing to do with my sort of entry into games. Mm -hmm. Um, but I like it a lot. Yeah, I I don't own it because I'd want all of it, and (laughs) that's yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not gonna happen so, anytime soon so
1: certainly a hard part of owning a game that they will not just let it die
0: yeah <laughs> someday in like 20 years there's gonna be a big box big box version that's like the size of a car that's and like five hundred dollars uh, <laughs> yep if
1: if that yeah
0: uh anyway you want to continue
1: sure uh just going back about the castle Saint K- Castlescape Kickstarter. I have not looked into that, but I will now. And he says one more thing on the topic of Kickstarters. Not sure if you've heard of a company called Mind Clash Games, and we have because you own a Mind Clash game, don't you, Adam? Uh, I do. Or is Mindbug not Mind Clash? No, I don't think it is. Oh. I definitely think I'm Googling it right now. So am I. Anachrony, Trakirian Perseverance, Astra. I definitely know of Mind Clash, but I'm not sure if I've ever played a Mind Clash game. Mind Clash. I don't think I have. Board Game Geek.
0: They've published quite a bit, actually. Boop. Mm Mm-hmm. But no, I haven't played any
1: of these. Voidfall. Anachrony... Lots of Anachrony. Yeah. Astra. Lots of Cerebria. Yeah. Septima actually just came out. It's about witches. Lots of Trickyrian? Yeah. And I think that's what Conrad talks about. But they make my current favorite game. Also heaviest game in my collection called Trichirion. If you haven't played it, and like a good crunchy thematic Euro, it's fun. Oh, that does sound like me. Is it beige? Uh, he says it's thematic, so I doubt it. Oh, and he says it's. Fun. It looks
0: very beige. Oh, does oh, it? Yeah. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Beige Just can be looks fun. Looks like a nice. Oh yeah! Hold on, I'm gonna post the picture to you right now. Okay, you Keep talking, I'll keep, but stay tuned. I'll keep talking
1: while you're doing that. Their new game <laughs> I have coming on Kickstarter this year also is called Voidfall, and I have heard of Voidfall. It's a one four-player sci-fi Euro 4X feel type game, likely crunchier and longer than the around two and a half to three and a half hour play of four-player Chikirion. I hope I'm saying that right. Orion. <laughs> that, I'm, <laughs> that I'm super stoked about. But a lot of people are worried about the amount of iconography. Do you feel like too much iconography is a big deterrent for you guys? Or do you feel like as long as there are player guides and it becomes intuitive and flows after a play, a ton of iconography isn't too big of an issue? I would agree with that. I mean, the first time you play something like an Arc Nova or a Race for the Galaxy or Terraforming Mars, either regular type or Ares Expedition, there's a ton of symbols. And you don't know what they mean. But as as long as there's a good guide to do, Gloomhaven did it really well where they had like a, a picture glossary on the back of their Yeah. On the back of the rule book so that If you don't know what a symbol means you look at the back of the rule book and it it tells you what it is in like a a word or two but also gives a page number so if you don't remember then you can go look it up it was amazing but i don't mind iconography i think it's fine
0: so check out the picture that i sent you in discord okay um (laughs) at a glance there is uh, certainly a lot it's
1: of it's all icon- brown. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it's thing so is beige. Brown.
0: <laughs> um, but at it, like, yeah, this is just my like cursory look at this. There is a lot of iconography, and some of the iconography oh, wow. has its own iconography, apparently. <laughs> um, but what makes this. A little bit hard to look at is how busy the rest of the board is. Like, yeah, there is a whole bunch of iconography, but like the background of the iconography is like a painting with like, like, it's a whole town. Yeah, like there is so much going on here, it's almost hard to pull out like the important parts. Like, it's a very detailed city painting
1: with like a mosaic thing going on, and like, yeah, there's a brown city with brown iconography and brown tiles on top yeah there's a lot going on like it looks nice it's not really a complaint but if people yeah right. i can
0: see why there'd be a concern with if like if the iconography is already busy and then your board is like a victorian painting <laughs> uh yeah
1: like i can see the the concern i guess conrad I, you have to come down to the next board game day that we have because i want to play the games that you own look at all these beige games i know right like brass, Lancashire. That's probably yeah. beige.
0: Brass is like dark.
1: Birmingham is. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's what Lancashire. I'm thinking of.
0: Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Lancashire. I'm just going to Google Lancashire and we need to put brass there. Well, maybe it's same color scheme. Yeah, it's not beige. What is that? Oh, the old, old brass is rather beige. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Anyways, we don't need to talk to people about us Googling things. <laughs> uh,
0: was that the end of the email? No, you have a little more. Oh, no. I read oh, the no. whole thing. Okay, that's all of it. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for that. Once again, Conrad, you too. We'll have your email read if you send one to us. Um, Greg. With that said, I think that's going to wrap up this episode, though. Yeah. We are sitting at almost exactly an hour, which is pretty good, considering we had a half-baked topic once again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So with that said, I thank you for listening. You'll notice this episode was about a week late because Matt is always sick. Um, I actually like this week better because I'm off tomorrow and it lines with my uh, day off. So, um, Oh, cool. This works for me. But anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed. Uh, stay tuned for the next one in two weeks. And thanks for listening. Bye. See ya. The Turn Turtles were here. That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in.